Hi, this is James Mercer from The Shins. This is Shirley Manson. This is Low Tallest, co-founder of The Cure. This is Huey Lewis giving you the story behind the song. The story behind the song is back with an exciting second season. We peel back the layers on music's most iconic hits with legendary artists like The Killers, Heart, The B-52s, Violent Femmes, Jewel, Huey Lewis, Modern English, and more. To keep the music flowing, we'll be sprinkling in classic episodes from our archives between each new one. So check out the story behind the song wherever you get your podcast. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. So on this past Friday, I was hanging out with my friend Andrew. We were having a game night and I ended up putting on some BTS videos. And of course, because this had just come out, <laughs> I put on the Dechita music video and I was talking to him about this album that Yoongi just put out and blah, 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 you know, mm-hmm. totally like, I mean, regular friends don't want to hear this, you yeah. know? <laughs> but he was so cool with it and he is somebody who like has an interest in global music so the next day he texted me he sent me a snapchat of um his google home playing songs from the d2 mixtape and he texted me this whole big thing about the dejuta music video and the dejuta song how he's just obsessed with it loved the like the instrumentation and um so this is shout out to andrew uh he I think he listened to our D2 episode about the mixtape and I hope that he's listening to this one uh, because when we're recording this right now, it's his birthday. So happy birthday. Happy birthday, Andrew. It made me so happy when you were texting me all this. You're like, yeah, he went and listened to our D2 review episode. I just was, Mm -hmm. I felt that was like so sweet of him to do that with not really knowing much about BTS or really not knowing much about Augusti and all that. But it just touches me that he enjoys Dichita and everything and that he's like yeah. enjoying the mixtape and even What's listening cool to the podcast. Like, yeah, like he's not just listening to it to be like a good, a nice friend, mm-hmm. but like he actually, I think he's actually found an interest in it. So yeah. of course I'm like, new army, come new army, BTS. Convert, <laughs> convert. That's Ugh. what we're here for. Yeah, so shout out to Andrew. I hope that you enjoy this entire episode about the Dechita music video. Um, And on that note, welcome back, Iconics. And if you're new to the podcast, I'm Kayla. And I'm Bethany, and this is Standing BTS. Yes. Yes, welcome to another wonderful episode where we get to hang out for about an hour and just talk about BTS. 
What a wonderful hour it is too. But disclaimer, this is an informative fangirl podcast. That means that we're going to fangirl, laugh, and learn a little bit along the way. Yep, that's right. This is an explicit podcast though, so if you aren't cool with that, you can dip out now. We won't blame you. Totally. But if you're down for some, Min Yoongi is so fucking hot. Or all hail King Yoongi. <laughs> yes. Uh, if you're down for that, then you're in the right place. Because like I said, today we are talking about the Dechita music video. Um, we're super excited to get to get into it. But before we do, we want to say thank you, Iconics, for being here and for supporting us. If you'd like to support us even further and have access to our Google Docs full of episode notes, important links, and pictures, you can do that by donating monthly to our Patreon at patreon.com slash standingbts. Also, um, if you didn't hear our announcement last week, for patrons of $5 or more, reaction videos will now be posted multiple times throughout the month. Um, If you are a $5 patron yesterday, you just got the posting for our reaction video to the Dechita music video. Mm -hmm. So yeah definitely be checking that out or if you'd like you can make a one-time donation at paypal.me slash standing bts podcast your support helps us to improve the quality of our content and to continue putting out weekly episodes any type of support is super appreciated yes um thank you guys so much for all of your support that you give us we we just it makes everything so worth it um yes it does Our charity of the month, as we spoke about yesterday, is Black Lives Matter. Um, Please take action to promote Black Lives Matter in your personal life um, and support this charity at blacklivesmatter.com, where there is a wealth of information and resources. Um, If you didn't check out our episode yesterday, the description of that episode has a ton of resources and information as well. Um, Please join us in donating to the Black Lives Matter charity if you can. Okay, so an overview for this episode. We are going to do a brief summary of the Deshwita music video storyline. Then we're going to get into the historical setting of the music video. Then we'll get into various symbols and Korean traditions and cultures that are featured throughout. Then we're going to kind of end it with some of our favorite fangirl moments because there's a plethora amount of fangirl moments <laughs> and then overall at the end we're gonna just give our impressions of the music video and kind of what we thought about it yeah but we get really into um korean traditions and cultures and symbols that are featured and i think we both gravitated gravitated towards things that were interesting to us and um we're really excited to share some of the stuff that we have learned with you guys yeah totally So for a brief storyline summary here, the setting is in this traditional Korean palace. Uh, There's also other settings in a marketplace, this kind of prison area inside this Korean palace, uh, a palace execution area, and then also like a common area where um, maybe like the public would come for a gathering of some sort. We see that there's two different Yoongis that are presented throughout the video. There's King Yoongi and a Bottom Class Yoongi. So it starts off with Bottom Class Yoongi walking through this marketplace and he's greeting and recognizing people. He happens to have this silent exchange, though, with a uh, person at the market and it happens to be the the meat butcher at this market mm-hmm. he has this kind of silent exchange 
Yeah. And after we see this, we see King Yoongi gallivanting around rows of people that are kneeling face down to him. And at the end of this kind of like kind of bouncing, singing around, he signals an execution with an off with their head movement where his thumb drags across his throat. Um, so then we go into a execution scene where we can already see three heads hanging in bloody sacks, um, kind of suspended from the balcony that King Yoongi is looking on from. And one person had just been beheaded. We, we see it in the video. And then there's 12 more people lined up there waiting to be beheaded. Um, interesting to note that while this is happening, King Yoongi is singing the Dechuta chorus during this scene, which is asking the Dechuta music to be played loud. Um, so it's like amplify the king and amplify the, uh, the actions of the king. Um, then we see suddenly bottom class Yoongi driving in to this little like courtyard, like execution area in this modern car and the two kind of eye each other back and forth. Mm-hmm. And as they're eyeing each other, King Yoongi at first gives a thumbs up like he's approving of what the bottom class Yoongi is saying, but then happens to change his mind and gives the bottom class Yoongi a thumbs down. So mm-hmm. we kind of thought maybe this is like lower class Yoongi being somewhat treasonous or something that would upset King Yoongi. And the rest of the music video from here on out is nighttime. It's been daytime mm-hmm. up to this point, so it changes to nighttime. And then we see a shot of lower class Yoongi in prison, tied up, blindfolded, waiting for his execution, surrounded by like this, like all these flames of fire, mm-hmm. ropes around him. He's fighting these restraints while rapping, I'm a king, I'm a boss. Mm-hmm. Uh, then it cuts to King Yoongi getting up from his throne, also rapping, I'm a king, I'm a boss. And then it ends with him wrapping off with their heads. And Mm -hmm. it then here cuts to the execution scene. Right. So as bottom class Yoongi is waiting to be executed, he starts headbanging while calling for the Dechuta to be played, which, I mean, we all see it in the music video. It's totally an iconic part. And, um... What's interesting is that all of the people in this like central plaza area who were previously kneeling face down are now they're still kneeling, but they're sitting up and they are also headbanging along with bottom class Yoongi to the beat of the Dechita. Mm-hmm. And then we get these wonderful, beautiful shots of King Yoongi doing this traditional sword dance as he's preparing for the execution himself even though he's not the executioner so king yoongi is fighting for his kingdom while also bottom class yoongi is fighting for the kingdom Mm -hmm. and as he's doing this this beautiful sword dance he goes in to slash his sword as if he is executing this bottom class yoongi and it's in the same time is which the actual executioner also slashes his sword Mm-hmm. So really cool, like camera direction right there. Mm-hmm. Um, the next thing that it shows is the executioner did not actually cut bottom class Yungi's head off, but he cut his restraints from his wrist and, uh, 
then we find out, of course, the executioner is actually the meat butcher from the market who he kind of, you know, exchanged glances with at the beginning of the video. And the meat butcher opens up this box and hands Yungi a revolver. And bottom class Yungi then approaches the king, walks up, looks up at the balcony where King Yungi is looking down from, and he raises his arm and shoots him. Yeah. And that's how the video that's ends. That's how the video ends. It's important to note that a lot of people have correlated um, some parallels in this storyline of this music video with the korean movie um masquerade from 2012 um there are some parallels in there for sure but we didn't feel like it was directly derived or taken Mm -mm. from that movie but if you're interested you know if this kind of storyline if this music video interests you maybe that you might like that movie it's a very popular movie in korea supposedly so i know that i've been uh kind of eager to watch it i haven't watched it yet but i plan to for sure yeah. So I'm going to get into the historical setting. And it's just interesting how you and I ended up researching through this. Um, like, I am such a kind of history nerd a little bit. I really enjoy history. I know you do, too, uh, but you got no, into. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so cut that. I, no, Didn't I really have... hate history. That's you my, hated like, history? I don't hate history. That sounds terrible. I think history is important, but it was for sure my least favorite class. Like, I really struggled to wow. care or pay attention, I guess. I see the importance and relevance, but yeah wow (laughs) i so i love history so i just ended up filling in some a lot of this history information so let's talk about the historical setting of this video um there's a lot of references in the lyrics and in the video visually and conceptually to the joseon dynasty um this dynasty was a korean dynasty in place from 1392 until 1897 so like 500 years um a little bit of general info because it was so long um much of modern korean etiquette norms and societal attitudes towards political issues as well as language dialect and culture derive from the culture and traditions of this dynasty um so i think it's so interesting that he is really referencing this dynasty because it's where a lot of his cultural traditions have come from kind of stemmed from yeah mm-hmm. in this dynasty the king had absolute authority although the true power of the king kind of depended on the political movements of the time there could be you know certain groups or factions or just kind of chatter you know that would kind of threaten the king's true power because of how people saw the king so there's some principles of the Joseon dynasty. There are three fundamental rules called Samgang and five moral principles called Oryun. And these were kind of how everybody was supposed to live their life. So the three fundamental rules were that you must have loyalty to the king, you must have filial obedience to the parents, and there also must be differentiation between men and women. Um, I guess like the roles of men and women. Mm-hmm. For the five moral disciplines, these were more ways that people should morally guide their life and not necessarily like the rule of law of the land. So these moral principles were righteousness and justice, which is the relationship between the monarch and the people. 
uh, warmth and closeness between parents and children, differentiation between husband and wife, order between seniors and juniors, and trust between friends. So you can see from especially those moral disciplines, how some things have come to be represented in modern Korean culture too, like order between seniors and juniors with honorifics. I feel like honorifics is such a big thing, super prevalent, um, used all the time. It's definitely carried over from that. Yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, and, Warmth and closeness between parents and children, too, and having good relationships with your family, trust between friends. We often talk about like BTS as a friend group, how close they are, how much they have to trust each other to be that close. Like, there's a lot of physical and emotional closeness that we don't always experience in Western culture. Um, so that could stem from that as well. Um, the Joseon dynasty had a very specific societal structure as well. They had a caste system based on Confucian ideals. Um, so this was, this caste system was made up of four groups underneath the king. The first and the highest is the Yanban, and this is the scholar gentry, which was full of aristocrats, the ruling class, military officers, and civil servants. So basically, everybody who worked for the king um, and who did, you know, the king's bidding also you know scholars uh the second highest class which would be kind of like the upper middle or the middle class is the chungin and they basically did whatever you would consider now to be white collar work so interpreters scientists engineers doctors um, accountants and also interestingly musicians that one just kind of stuck out to me um because Mm -hmm. this podcast we kind of had conversation about that because We've talked about how K-pop is seen as the soft power for South Korea. And so it's interesting that they put a lot of um, their resources and funding into things like K-pop and K-dramas and stuff like that. So it's interesting to see that musicians are still seen as like this upper... Like historically... I don't know if it's upper class, but, you know, they really... um, cherish their musicians for sure and think highly of them it's cool to think that like historically musicians were in a place you know a high place in society and that's why they do use that soft power of music in korean culture to kind of you know impress on other cultures around the world very very cool um mm-hmm. i still am in love with the idea of soft power i wish that our country used soft yeah. power so much more often instead of hard power i mm-hmm. just think wow what a more <sighs> anyways okay i'll stop but yeah. okay <laughs> uh so the third the third group and this would be more like the commoners is the so- the sang men and uh the sang men like it was the commoners so peasants laborers fishermen craftsmen and merchants and these people were considered quote clean but they had little social status and then the lowest people or the chan men were called the quote vulgar commoners and this included the untouchables um slaves and serfs so very strict caste system um going on here uh, we kind of think that the bottom class Yungi falls into the Sangmin or 
or the Chan Min kind of level. I think somewhere in I there. I think because he was like, you know, in the marketplace kind of greeting everybody. I don't think that he would fall into the lowest people. I think he would follow fall into like more of the commoners. The commoners for sure. Yeah. yeah. So probably the Sangmen. Um, last kind of historical context that I want to mention is King Guanghe himself. Uh, I spoke about him a little bit last week, just when we did the mixtape review, but it came up more this week when we were doing this. So King Guanghe, he had a lot of paranoia about losing the crown or losing power uh, because he had a brother who would also have been a legitimate ruler and the northern factions um, really supported his brother. So they acted out very violently. He acted out himself very violently and he executed northerners who acted against him. Basically, if there was any whisper of treason, he acted out. Treason. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but he's also revered as being talented and pragmatic in politics, especially regarding interpersonal relationships with foreign factions. There was a lot of um, warring, neighboring, um, uh, like groups of people at the time and he was always kind of negotiating and brokering deals between them um he was disposed of power via a coup d'etat and he fled to jeju island where he later died um and after you know history as at least regards him as being a victim of the feuding political factions that he wasn't actually as bad as people thought he was in his time um and it's agreed that he did a better job of caring for his country than his predecessor or his successor and then in south korea now he's considered to be one of the wiser kings and not a despot so i thought that was very interesting that he you know Mm -hmm. He's a king to look up to. You know, he was a positive king, regardless of how this King Yoongi is portrayed in the the video. Mm-hmm. And I do think that it's mostly set just for this time period during this like Joseon dynasty because of just like the, a lot of the traditional um, songs, especially with like Dechita. Like, I think that's mm-hmm. really where it all kind of stemmed from. So I don't think yeah. that Min Yoongi, King Yoongi is supposed to really reflect King Gwanghae. King Gwanghae, yeah. yeah. Even though he mentions it, but I don't think that he's supposed to like be him. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, so let's just, let's get into some symbols about uh that that come up some symbols that come up in this video the first thing that we should talk about is the dechita itself uh we brushed on it a little bit last week but the the music of this song begins and ends with the rallying calls from the dungche who is basically the conductor of the dechita and um, as we talked about last week, this music has been used to announce a king and to advance into battle. There's many instruments used, such as the brass horn, seashell horn, tapyongso, gong, cymbals, and a smaller decorated, like a smaller dragon decorated drum. Um, connecting this song and music video, the Dejita announces the arrival of Min Yoongi, and he says to mm-hmm. play it loud. Yeah. 
So another symbol that comes up is the scar that is put over Yoongi's eye. Uh, a lot of armies were questioning what this meant, and there were tons of things going around mm-hmm. on Twitter about whether or not his scar was healed versus not healed in certain parts of the video, whether it was like fresh in one shot and healed in another. We didn't really dive much into that because... Yoongi during his like behind when he was kind of talking about his mixtape and the music video he said that he wanted the scar to just be shocking and mm-hmm. we all kind of felt like clowns but <laughs> I do think that there is some symbolism that goes along with this scar so anciently honor was seen not as an interview ch- virtue but as a reputation worthy of respect and admiration A man's claim to honor was judged by his peers and thus his actions, and the visible proofs of such were highly valued. So something like a scar. Wow. Um, At its most basic, strength, toughness, and courage are, like, common things that go along with what a scar has, like, what it shows or represents, as well as a readiness to stand up for any insult or attack which is kind of what we see happen with King Yoongi uh, acting on definitely uh, someone who's committing treason or whatever. Also, according to the ancient historian Aryan, when the troops of Alexander the Great uh, mutinated against him in 324 BC, he sought to rally their support with a speech in which he pointed to his scars as tangible evidence of the legitimacy of his leadership. So even having a scar wow. being a proof, being proof or evidence to being a leader, being in a leadership role, like a king. Definitely. Oh my gosh. Oh, I should also point out that like what we're talking about in this section, like with all these symbols, like Bethany researched hers and I researched mine. Like I'm just yeah. learning about this for the first time too. That's so cool. Yeah. We're I just think, hearing, we're hearing from each other. It's great. Yeah. Dude. I think that that scar is super symbolic in that video yeah. then. I do think that he used it because, uh, I, because of some of the symbolism, but I think he did want it to just be shocking. And oh, I think yeah. he totally was feeling himself with it and we were all feeling him with it mm-hmm. too. So, uh, he looks he definitely great looks and sexy. Hot. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but like I like how he said that he just wants it to be shocking like okay definitely shocking we were shocked we were all shocked but like he's scarred you know it can mean so many different things like related to his story or whatever yeah Yeah. lastly what I want to just share about the scar is I think maybe some people were reminded of give it to me a little bit because in give it to me Yoongi has cuts and scrapes on his cheek and nose at mm-hmm. certain parts so having like face scars cuts is kind of like an Augusty thing yeah been beat up a little bit beat um up. yeah, yeah. Another symbol is this the conical hat that we see him wearing at the beginning of the music video as he's kind of entering the market. 
And this hat is found all over East Asia. It has variation in styles and names depending on the area. Um, but the one from Korea is called the Kai Reap. And this hat is traditionally the hat of farmers and people of the lower class. And it's used to protect the wearer from both the sun and the rain. Um, you could also, interesting little tidbit, you could dip it into water to use it as like a cooling evaporation tool. Like just let it get a little moist and then put it on. People would do that oh, too. interesting. Yeah. And although it seems like Yungi's character in the video um, is also using this hat to disguise himself and kind of go in a little bit undercover into the market. At least that's how it seemed to me. Like he was kind yeah. of hiding his face with it a little bit. Mm-hmm. But I'm glad that you pointed it out because it was very prominent right at the beginning of the music video and it stood out a lot. And I think it said a lot about like his class and where he really, this bo- this more bottom class Yoongi stood. Yeah, like a farmer's In hat. contrast to the King Yoongi. For sure. Yeah. So next, we're going to talk about the sword or the sword dance that Yungi does. So this is kind of what we've theorized. If you guys know any more information on it, please let us know. Yungi, from behind the scenes of the music video, he at least it was translated as sword dance. So we kind of just went off of that to dive into this a little bit. So what we found was this traditional sword dance called Komu. It's a traditional sword dance practice in Korea. It's performed with special costume, dance moves, and music. So the dance is known for its grace and performance. Extra emphasis is placed on movement of the costuming, notably the sleeves, in harmony with the movements of the dancer. The symbol use of... Sang Dangom keeps to the militaristic origins of this dance. So, Komu has become a dance of great beauty and is treasured as the South Korean's 12th important intangible cultural property. Which wow. I thought was very interesting. There's tons of links in this Google Doc to learn more about it. I do have like my doubts about this, if this is exactly what the dance is, because when I watched a lot of the dances, uh, these traditional sword dancers, they were primarily performed by women from what I was gathering, and it was much more mm-hmm. decorated. So I'm not sure if the sword dance that he does for this is that, or there's different versions of it, or if there's more of a ritual that's done with like uh, ex- like executions back in the Joseon dynasty. But it's definitely Mm -hmm. something worth like just knowing about. Like it was interesting to go and watch these performances of this traditional Korean sword dance. Yeah, definitely very interesting to Mm -hmm. watch. Um, Regardless of if, you know, it's exactly what he was talking about. But Mm -hmm. it is cool. It is super cool to to know about. Um, The next thing I want to talk about is the Shin Mungo. So the Shin Mungo is a drum that was set up in the early days of the Joseon dynasty by King Taejun. And its purpose was to provide a place for people to bring their petitions and their their grievances to the king. Um, people traveled from far and wide to bang the drum and be heard by the king. Um, so it was sat outside or just, you know, inside the king's palace. 
However, upon arrival, these people who had just heard about this existence of this drum, they were told that they had not followed proper procedure and spoke to all of the necessary officials before arriving. There should have been two other people in their own town and then providence that they should have spoken with before even being able to meet with the king mm. um so really banging on the on the shinmungo became nearly impossible mm-hmm. um because usually talking to those first two people would uh, address the grievance or at least shoo the grievance away enough that the king wouldn't have to actually hear it um the only way to surpass the procedures of uh meeting with the officials before arriving was if somebody was petitioning about or against some treason that had happened um king taejon he won the throne by killing his brothers and was therefore immensely concerned about the threat of treason as he was so treasonous to his own brothers Mm. um through this research I found pretty interesting. Um, the idea of the Shinmungo survives in the 21st century as there is a e-petition website existing in South Korea since 2014 where people can go on there and like file a grievance and also look up other things that have been other grievances that have been filed by province in South Korea. That is crazy because to me, I'm just thinking like, would there would there ever be anything in America to exist like this? Like, no. Like, no. I'm just picturing this drum, this Shinmingo outside, like, the White House or something like that, you know? Right. Or, but the fact that this tradition, this this drum, even though it was, it seems like it was nearly impossible to actually beat on this drum, mm-hmm. but the fact that it's carried over into the 21st century, into this, like, e-petition, like, online that is crazy yeah i think i mean and also we have to take in the size of south korea compared to the size of the united states like even the e-petition it's a smaller country less with a smaller population so maybe it's a little bit more feasible for anybody and they probably have a whole system organized and set up like different committees to it you know for each area to address Mm -hmm. it like we would have to have like different committees at a state level you Mm -hmm. know and yeah but but, i feel like even at a state level it would get out of hand in america oh yeah it would not work it would not work (laughs) here um i just think it's cool that it's existing here in modern times that it had such an effect culturally like a lasting effect that Mm -hmm. they made a website for it um and the reason why i bring up this drum to begin with is because you can see this drum clearly in the execution and beheading scenes um in like kind of that dirt dirt floor area area, you know yeah yeah, where those all those people were yeah Yeah. i don't even know if it was where the heads were yeah yeah, i don't know it was an execution area right not the big one where yoongi is executed like attempted executed but like the smaller one where all the people are lined up but um you can see the drum clearly there right underneath king yoongi's balcony just sitting there Mm -hmm. untouched you know Mm -hmm. i think it's just interesting that it's that's included i yeah that is really interesting so the next symbol we're going to talk about is the jade key that we see yoongi grab which 
We're maybe assuming that this is the car key. We really don't Mm -hmm. know. We think the key could be more symbolic. It could even be at the point of like the king, the key to the kingdom or to the palace of some sort. But what's more interesting than the key is the jade that is on the keychain. I know because my sister is engaged to a man who's from China and I have learned a lot about the significance of jade and I did Mm -hmm. see that a lot of armies on like stay Twitter were pointing out the the relevance and importance of the jade so just a little little bit of history I first want to cite um this article called the meaning of jade jewelry to Koreans it's written by Kathy O'Brien Pretty much everything I have in here about Jade is from this article because I felt Mm -hmm. that they did a beautiful job of explaining it, especially pertaining to like Korean culture. So Jade started to be mined and polished in 57 BC. It was formed into ornaments and beads. Beads were used as decoration on crowns as well as used to make rings, earrings, bracelets and necklaces. From 918 A.D. to 1392 A.D., Koreans improved their carving techniques and were able to form objects and engrave designs into jade. So Koreans began to make more uh, intricate objects with jade, such as containers and hairpins, beginning in 1392. So jade objects and jewelry were only accessible to the upper classes and royalty because of just like how rare it was. Interesting. I'm already like just that because it's the bottom class Yungi grabbing this jade key. Yeah, yeah. It only like in that time period really was only owned or possessed by upper classes and royalty. Yeah. And his fucking cocky expression when he grabs it too. Yeah, (laughs) damn. So jade and Korean culture. So Korean jade is thought to have magical powers that can improve health, fortune, and general well-being. Koreans also believe that jade can ward off evil spirits. Uh, Jade in Korea is also believed to signify the Korean personality of politeness and determination. And the Korean royal family uses jade as a symbol of authority and fortune. Wow. Just going off of that, very interesting to see that bottom class Yoongi is in possession of some jade uh on his yeah no wonder why he's so cocky i know yeah Yeah. (laughs) so lastly in terms of the royal significance of jade jewelry made by korean jade was considered rare and expensive prior to the 1900s so it wasn't until more recently that it really became uh affordable or more accessible to people who weren't of royalty uh, royalty used jade to adore their crowns. The jade was cut into hook or comma shapes and placed in prime locations on the crowns where the gems could easily be seen by onlookers. Jade was a status symbol for the royal family due to its symbolism of good health and fortune. Mm. So, yeah, it's just really interesting to kind of hear uh, the significance of jade because it continues to today the significance of this very precious gem very cool i had never learned about this ever like thank you so much for bringing it up um i don't know did you notice at all if like the king yungi had any jade in his possession in this music video i don't know i don't i can't really i don't recall it yeah 
I also I, think I know that the that jade had like a carving in it too, but I I didn't really look to see what was carved into it. Yeah, what the design was. It's just yeah. interesting that like that last kind of what you were saying like it's symbolic to the royal family of good health and fortune and for king yoongi in this video to not have any jade at all i remember like gold in his hairpiece you know but i don't remember any jade but then for you know this lower class yoongi to have this jade key representative of all these things a pretty decent sized block of jade too yeah yeah who's the real king yeah he's the real king for sure yeah he's about to commit treason i guess who is it yeah that's a rule yeah uh okay so the next symbol which is very broad it's many symbols yeah. it's just blonde haired yoongi okay <laughs> hear me out I wanted to kind of go into the significance of the blonde hair because of the way he's wearing it. I'm also kind of, I was interested to learn more about it because like Young, when he was in Harang also wore this similar kind of hairstyle. So I just wanted to know more about like the hair and yeah. I did not understand when I went into this, I really opened up an entire history, Korean history textbook with this Dude. one. You opened a Pandora's box of hair information. I really did. There's so much out there. So I'm going to, I'm just going to share it because I feel like it might be interesting to you guys. It was super interesting to me. So I'm going to start, start off with saying to, and so saying to, so in Korean society, when a boy like would grow up and uh, become older, he'd start to pull his hair back into a top and kind of tie it into this top knot and that top knot is called sing to this was the ordinary hairstyle for the men of the joseon dynasty especially among the noblemen and the scholars so the hair was pulled up into a top knot and a headband and that headband is called a mangojan and it was used to basically hold their hair in place the mangojan was also used to hold like headgears in place, but there's a lot of different headgears. I didn't even dive into all the different headgears that you can put over this top knot. Um, but basically, the mangojan is to hold everything mm-hmm. into place. And Yunki does have that on, and it's really just to keep like his hair sleek and down and like prevent flyaways or anything like that. Uh, but the top knot was a sign of manhood for the men since they would start to wear their hair into this top knot when they got married. Um, also, it was really common to marry at a young age back in this time period. So usually the song too is held together by a pin called a danga, which is basically a binyo that is together with that, that headband that they pair. And guanja which is like little stones like gemstones that they'll put in there um and it's really all just to like it's just a part of the whole appeal like it's all these different pieces and components and they're all just like different accessories really all surrounding the the song too the like top knot Mm -hmm. yeah very cool and then lastly i kind of got into specifically king yoongi where he's got like his top knot but he has this piece this like really fashionable piece over the top knot 
And that's called a song to guan. And it's basically a small cap that goes over the song too. It's like mm. this little golden crown used to cover the top knot that is specifically used by kings and crown princes. Uh, the coronet seems to consist of two parts, the actual crown and then the pin that fastens it, which I think the pin is still that it's still called a dongot. But yeah. holy crap, like when I went in to look it, like just go into Yoongi's hair, I just opened up this whole book of like all these different pieces um, and all the different meanings of these pieces and their uses and what they're for. So it was yeah. just really interesting to me. If you guys check out the Google Doc, you can go see like they still make a lot of these these accessories and they're really beautiful, beautifully made. But I just really wanted to know the significance, especially of the Song Tu Guan that he's wearing. Uh, mm-hmm. And I, I just go to, I just found out that it's basically a, like a crown for kings. A crown. I would have never known that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so cool. That's super cool. I love that this was something that you gravitated towards and like mm-hmm. wanted to dive into. Yeah, I just found it really interesting, and I think he just looks so beautiful and stunning. Mm-hmm. Uh, lastly, yes. <laughs> lastly, what I kind of want to point out before we get into fangirl moments, I feel like uh, Yoongi kind of touched on this for his behind, for his music video. When I saw the blonde Augusti, I was taken back to old Augusti, like give it to me Augusti because he's blonde in that music video. Mm-hmm. And so in his behind the music video, Yoongi kind of mentions that the king Yoongi is the old Augusti and this bottom class Yoongi or black haired Yoongi is the current Augusti. And so I really felt like it was purposeful that he had the king Yoongi be blonde to really mm-hmm. even demonstrate and show more of that old Yoongi. Um, and I also really find that it's interesting how old Yoongi is in this position of this old Augusti is in position of like king power here and, and give yeah. it to me. And that whole, his first mixtape is very aggressive and yeah. it just shows like, like, a little bit power hungry or like wanting more to like obtain more. And, and I think that just like really perfectly correlates over with like the King Yoongi in this video. I feel like all of the symbolism that goes along with the King Yoongi too, that is supposed to like add to his power is like directly in contrast to the fact that like the King doesn't have any Jade or that at the end of the video, the King is, you know, shot himself, like dethroned himself. Uh, I think again, also going along with like that, that's like old Augusti. Old Augusti. Augusti. Mm-hmm. And he, you know, he may not feel, he doesn't feel the same, the same way or make music even the same way that he did then. Mm-hmm. But it's only his better self that is that's mm-hmm. taking over. Prevailing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Taking over. Yeah, for sure. Wow. Okay, let's get into some fangirl moments. <laughs> um, I feel like first of all, we have to preface that every single shot of this music video, he looks fucking hot. Okay. He mm-hmm. looks good. We could literally talk about every single moment. Like, you know that we could, but that would just be way too much. Um, 
overall, we love that he is talking out of the side of his mouth. Super hot. He's crouch walking as he's rapping. He's like power walking at us. Um, and he has just so many cocky smirks throughout the whole thing. Mm. And, um, you know, it's just really hot. It is hot. Uh, and then, uh, <laughs> also, his fucking eyebrows. Like, he is really, especially when he is in the King Yoongi outfit, because it's, you know, all of the hair up off of his head. His eyebrows are so impactful, just furrowed mm. and angled down, and he angles, uh, and he looks over his brow Beautifully at us. groomed, though. Yeah. And he just looks so stunning and gorgeous in every single yeah. shot. Like, every Seriously. single shot incredible um this one this one moment we cannot get over right at 47 seconds this is when he's in the market and he kind of like turns his head as if he's looking you know over to the side but he's rapping and he pushes his hair back with both of his hands exposing full forehead and he's like crinkling his nose at the same time it's like aggressive and super hot it's and so hot. we just didn't know this, how to handle it this unnecessary snarl oh yeah what the fuck it's wonderful <laughs> um we have to point out jen cook are featured in this this video uh for me i notice Jin. I did not notice Jungkook at first, but mm-hmm. when I watched it the first time through, Jin's expression was really captivating because first off, they, him and Yoongi hit each other really hard, like when they run into each other. And when mm-hmm. Jin whips around, I mean, how I, I just couldn't miss him, but I could see how you could at first because he's got like facial hair on. But I feel like his expression is just so funny to me. And then yeah. seeing Jungkook go and punch him and kind of get in a fight with him, it felt like it was very Jin Cook, and I thought, how how cute that Yoongi had him had them feature in his, in I his know. music video. I love it. Um, I didn't notice them at first, like at all. Yeah, the I was only, just like, oh, somebody bumped I into him. I was really pretty hard. pulled in by Jin's like really shocked expression. I just couldn't mm-hmm. help but to like kind of look away from Yoongi at that moment because I thought it was yeah. like he's like in the center of the screen. Uh, I didn't notice Jungkook, which is weird. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and I noticed Jin. <laughs> um, another fangirl moment for me is going back to the Jade and this car key. Uh, I love, 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 love when he goes to grab this key. First off, he kind of like it like puts on like a bracelet and looks like he's rolling up his sleeves, like he's about to fucking grab this nice ass Jade key. Uh, and the way that he grabs it and he charges towards the camera, he kind of tilts his head down and looks up with this evil sexy glare it's right mm-hmm. at 129 and man i really i really felt that glare when he when he looked yeah. at us yeah that fucking glare man um it goes along with like the the power walk that he does later he like he's out in like that big plaza area where where all those people are kneeling and he just power walks and he's like shaking his finger pointing at the camera the whole time i don't know why i am so impacted by that Mm -hmm. moment like i just want him to shake his finger at me yeah yeah he's he's pointing at you and then he Mm -hmm. tells you to be executed okay don't commit no treason Um, um if i got an audience with him for it then i totally would um then okay so i love when the lower class yoongi is coming in 
and he's like hanging out of that car like when the car zooms in and he's just hanging out of the window he's just like super cocky it's mm-hmm. this like i mean it's so augusty you it's know so like augusty. that that vibe um we also get like the reveal of his undercut which we always it just feel is so sexy. It's beautiful it's, when, we, when we get the shot of it because you don't normally yeah. get to see it. But he mm. whipped his head out and had that. And the wind is had know, the wind blow through, through it just to reveal it enough to yeah. really destroy yeah. us all. Right to really tease us. Mm-hmm. Uh, another kind of fangirl moment. This is just a, an army moment that I think a lot of us really loved was uh, when he's rapping by the car and he's got the the crew behind him and they've got this scroll that they fold down which reveals the painting that I'm pretty sure Jungkook did of Bang PD. Uh, love this because I really think it just goes, I think Bang PD is also mentioned in the lyrics of the song at this time, but I really love that he's kind of featured in this music video too for Augusti and it makes me feel like man they really do have such a great relationship with him uh and so it's just it's unique yeah the little pokey and fun like again Mm -hmm. after all this time i love it (laughs) the nose (laughs) another fangirl i just i think i just really like when yoongi is like degrading towards me because (laughs) i like when he's pointing his finger at me and then that moment when he like he's again he's like rapping in front of the car and he spits like Mm -hmm. at the camera i'm like yes spit on us like Mm -hmm. (laughs) but i love that moment is so hot to me it is hot he does it so perfectly too how he how he does the spit i don't know how how you can do a spit really well but he does i have no clue (sighs) guys (laughs) the the blonde hair yoongi i'm obviously in love i'm obsessed with king yoongi but later on in the music video he kind of brings it where it's not all up in a top knot but some of his hair is down and it's long and he like charges up from his his like couch down the stairs towards us while walking with this drastic sway side to side and that hair is swaying side Damn. to side with him and this power walk with the sword Ugh. it's like the hottest too thing much. i've ever seen it was too much it was too much but it's so funny because when we were going into research, guys, <laughs> Kayla and I, I told her, I'm like, I feel like I'm really drawn to this long blonde hair because in Lord of the Rings, Orlando Bloom's character with that long <laughs> hair, I was like in love Fucking with Orlando Legolas. Bloom. I was in love with Orlando Bloom. And then I'm in love with Orlando Bloom. We never knew this. Kayla told me that she's in love with Orlando Bloom. And it's just funny because we never knew this about each other. No, like I fell in love with him from Pirates of the Caribbean. Like those movies came out when we were young. And I also scrapbooked as a child. And Mm -hmm. I had like the first like three or so pages of a scrapbook completely dedicated to Orlando Bloom. Yeah, I had like posters of will turner in my bedroom god (laughs) fucking will turner just so so hot um (laughs) orlando bloom 
something else that I just thought of was we used to play, my brother and I, we used to play like the Lord of the Rings game on like the PS2. And I would always play as Legolas just because it was Orlando Bloom. Yeah, but it had like that long blonde hair. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. I used to fast forward through Lord of the the Rings just for Orlando Bloom's parts. Because I don't (laughs) actually really, I don't really enjoy (laughs) lord of the rings like i should i don't appreciate it like i should i guess no but yeah no i don't either um i'm a star wars girl you know i feel like mm-hmm. it's you it's not like it's their warring fandoms i don't feel but like you know you can like both of them but i just don't i've never gotten into lord of the rings as much as star wars mm-hmm. but orlando bloom's not in star wars is he <laughs> no yeah anyways <laughs> We found we've after all these years of friendship, we found out that we both have an affinity for Orlando Bloom. <laughs> and maybe that's why you like this blonde hair Yungi so much. I really made that connection. Yeah, for sure. The swaying. I don't know what it the is swaying, about the hair swaying yeah. is so mm-hmm. hot. Yeah, powerful. Um of course, the headbanging, it's a personal favorite moment of, of me for the video when he's waiting to be executed and he starts headbanging and then all the people in the court who are kneeling start headbanging. I love it. I can't help but to headbang along. Um, doesn't matter where I am or what I'm doing, driving in the car, doing the dishes, you know, mm-hmm. I'm headbanging along You're with head them at that part. Yeah. Gotta, gotta do it. It's perfect. It's perfect. And so lastly, for fangirl moments, I think this is a fangirl moment for every army out there because this shot was just jaw-dropping truly incredible (laughs) it's at 349 we've got blonde-haired king yoongi with his sword that he is doing this really intricate sword dance with but he we get this shot where he pulls the sword behind his back and he's got it just like kind of resting on his back a little bit and he slides his hand slowly down the blade of the the sword while we also have this beautiful shot of his like ponytail hair off to the side with the blonde hair and he's looking down at his hand Oh my gosh, and his mm. cheeks are perfectly his contoured. Cheekbones. Oh, like his what cheekbone the fuck? Is insane. The the hair, the headband, everything. The sword. Everything. The pose. <sighs> he wanted shocking, you know? He this really, was so fucking shocking. Yeah. I mean, I guess we can go ahead and get into some of our overall thoughts on the music video. But this is a not relating to the message of the the music video or the aesthetics, really. But like I truly when I first watched it, I love Min Yoongi and I get wrecked by Min Yoongi. But I was not prepared to be floored the way that I was floored with this entire video. Like, holy crap. Yeah, this just reaffirmed like Yoongi as like a bias wrecker for me because oh my fucking god like (laughs) he just he just kept coming at us this whole video like 
And at this point, like that initial like dying over it has kind of worn off, to be honest, mm-hmm. because we've watched it like 10, so 15 times. times you I know? couldn't stop watching it. But that first time, that first time was so shocking. And yeah, yeah it floored us. Yeah. Like being hit with the blonde hair and the black hair, it's like the best of both fucking mm-hmm. worlds. And oh, the aesthetics, yeah. the aesthetics of this, this moment specifically, like that sword so yeah. hot just incredible iconic yeah. iconic iconic yeah overall i loved i love the whole music video i love all the like symbols and the traditional korean korean items and accessories mm-hmm. and you know the the history that yeah. goes along with it and really getting to know more about the Joseon dynasty and Dechuita mm-hmm. and all that yeah, we didn't go much into like what the music video might represent for Yoongi himself or related to August D, um, but we really felt like the more prevalent things in this music video were the Joseon dynasty mm-hmm. symbols and kind of like the context around it. He even said in the shooting sketch video, you know, it, it's not a much even as much about the lyrics of the song as it is about like the music. The music so the I just sound. feel like he's really yeah. And the aesthetics of the video. He said, yeah. like, watching the video, like, the aesthetics. Not so much. There's not many, like, theories or anything like that that go along with it. Right. It's more so just how Korean culture is represented through mm-hmm. it. So that's what we wanted to explore. We hope that you guys enjoyed it. If you enjoyed this episode or if you enjoyed any of our previous episodes, you can always let us know by writing a review, uh, by sending in a voice message on our website, uh, by DMing us on any social media. And you can also email us. And as always, links for all of those things will be in the description. In the description. Thanks for listening and thanks for standing BTS.